Good evening, everybody. Good evening, Johnny Moe. We're back with another episode. We're bringing you episode 55 tonight. We just did our last review uh, earlier this week, which was nice because we haven't done really much uh, in the last couple of months. So yeah. to come back with back-to-back reviews in one week was mm -hmm. uh, a nice little stretch for Exciting. us. Uh, we are bringing you Firestarter, the uh, the remake from the 1984 film. This is another Stephen King mm -hmm. adaptation. Uh, adaptation. But before we get into that... Before we do that, we'll do our traditional drink of the night. We have to do our drinks of the night. You go for us this time. Ah, uh, this is uh, Blue Point Blueberry Ale. Uh, Blue Point is a local brewery in the area. It's been well known for uh, quite a few years. Uh, I've enjoyed their blueberry ale for a very long time. I haven't had it in a while, and I'm glad I'm drinking it tonight. And drinking it out of a Montauk brewery glass. A Montauk brewery oh. glass. <laughs> yeah, I know. A little full paw there, but uh, that's okay. I am drinking my one of my standards, which is my Bitburger out of the can. Now, um, it's a big can. It doesn't fit completely in my Black Forest Blue House glass. Black Forest Blue. Blue How many house. ounces is that? This, it's got to be... What is that? It's one, oh, it's a pint. It's, it's one pint. Or one pint and 0 0.9 fluid ounces. Hmm. Be. So it's, it's pretty big. So I actually have some leftover in here. Oh, well, thank you for that. Please, we all want to see that. Um, so I get to go back and forth a little bit. And I just actually, so this Black Forest Brewhouse glass, which is from the Black Forest Brewhouse in Farmingdale, New York, mm -hmm. um, I just recently found out in the last month that they are no longer in business. Um, I think uh, they closed due to COVID. They probably closed about a year ago. They used to be down the block from where I work, but I've been working from home for two years. Um, the last time I went into work, I drove past I'm like, Oh man, they're closed. And then I was like, "Yeah, they've been closed for about a good year," you know. And it was a shame because I I wanted to steal more glasses from them. You know, this is not the only glass that he's stolen. Yeah, I love these Black Forest Brewhouse glasses. I have actually, I actually have a couple, um, but you know, I always wanted more. So well, anyway. I'm glad that you get to uh, make the the name live on, so to yes. speak, yes. <laughs> in other ways. Yep. Um, shirt wise, I think I'm just wearing. Are my we doing shirt announcements? Amity seventy five uh, jaw shirt, which is. Um, I actually really like this shirt. Like this is like a. Good, I think it's a cool shirt. I got you that a, shirt. It's, you know, that's there's a, cool a difference between like wearing you know a Jaws shirt with a shark on it and wearing something more subtle like this. And I, mm -hmm. I like the subtleness of this because I'm sure there are a lot of people that would look at this shirt and really have no idea what the hell it is. Right. But you know, and that I don't even think there's a shark fin. Oh yeah, there, there is. There's a shark fin. There's a yeah. shark fin there. But it's you know it's it's a, it's a subtle it's a cool subtle movie type shirt. So I dig that. And you, of course, have your, I got little, your Seinfeld, Seinfeld reference. reference. Yeah. All okay, right. So. Uh, so, guys, thank you very much for watching. Uh, please grab your oh. uh, drinks. Join us for the rest of this episode. And have hope you get to enjoy the review. Have a big swig. Uh, so, as always, guys, this is going to be a spoiler-filled episode. So, uh, if you have not seen the movie yet, uh, or if you just don't care about spoilers, <laughs> please go ahead and listen. But if you do care about spoilers... Go watch the movie and then come back and join us after the fact. Um, now, previews, I want to start with the previews. Yeah, preview-wise, because you, preview. you got interested by watching the trailer to this thing. Yeah, I was, um, I thought the preview looked okay. Um, I think, as it turned out, I think the preview pretty much forecasted the entire movie and showed most of the significant highlights of the film. Yeah. You know, I, I like a... I like it when there's a good preview, but you know, there's, but there's more to come. 
You know, and, when right. you go, and you, you want to be like, okay, what else is there? And when, when you get to the movie and there isn't much else, that I don't like. The trailer should be a an appetizer. It should, it it should, should be like, a tease. It should just give you enough to give you the hook to yeah. say, okay, you want to come see this yeah. movie. But not literally showcase the point A through Z. Yeah, and, and, and you know, the argument could go both ways. You know, did the people who made the trailer do too much? Or mm -hmm. did the people who made the trailer do exactly what they were supposed to do, but the people, the filmmakers, should have made a better film with a lot more going on, a lot, a lot more things? You know, I don't know. That, that's a you good know? point. It's a little bit of both. But you, you know? can and you can see it both ways. Uh, I think that's and I think a lot of films. I don't. Do I want to say suffer from that or? Because if you've seen it both ways, it's just. There are many examples I feel that you can say in today's age yeah. that the trailer shows. Way too much. Either way too much, or like you said, or the film just doesn't do a great job of making a better movie. Yeah. Because a lot of these trailers nowadays do a really good job of hooking you in, wanting mm -hmm. to go see some of these films. And that you know, kudos to the people making the trailers. They're doing their job. Right. But then when you go to see the film, it's like, mm, that's not really what I thought the trailer was going to Yeah. But well, you know, it, it's also a scenario where like, the it, they, they shouldn't just pull all the best parts of the movie into the trailer. you got to leave something new, something unseen. Well, that was annoying with comedies for a while because with yeah. comedies, usually you got to see most of the big one-liners in the trailer, mm -hmm. and you, and there was nothing saved for the film. Yeah, you know, so like when you saw that scene come up and you had the line, it was still kind of funny, but you probably laughed more when you first saw it in the trailer. Yeah, you know, and it's just now, it 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 just it just leaves you like, oh, I wish there was a little bit more. I wish there was, I wish I could laugh at more scenes. I'll be honest with you. I think one of the biggest abuses of that was the, the the first Suicide Squad film, where if you if you if you watched all the trailers that were put out for the Suicide Squad, you probably saw almost all of Harlequin's some of her like trademark best, best yeah. one lines, best lines in a movie, because they just every new trailer pulled in other new Harlequin scenes. You know, Harlequin, you know, her one-liners and her quips and her remarks. And it's just like they just showed way too many of them. You know, mm. not they didn't show all of them in any one trailer. But right. between all the trailers, you got... You got the gist of... You got like 80 to 90% of like her best lines yeah. before you went to see the movie. And I'm like... Mm, and because she was one far. of the better parts of that film, it yeah. just, it was too much. Yeah, it was. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree with you on that. So, so this film, we've got we got some. Uh, I mean, I think Zac Efron's probably the big headliner mm -hmm. for this film, right? Playing uh, the father, Andy. Um, yeah, and like I said, I was talking <clears> to Chris. Like I, I've heard of Zac Efron, but I don't know that I've really seen too many of his movies. Well, you're not the. You're probably not the audience member that has a poster of him hanging in your bedroom. Yeah, definitely not. So <laughs> there's, I mean, Zach's a, a very good-looking actor. He's been in a, a bunch of films. He's been, a, I think, a heartthrob for for quite a while. Um, definitely taking on more serious roles, I believe, as of late compared to early on in his career. Mm -hmm. Well, he's I mean he's gotten older, so he's the, yeah. You know. I think he's kind of trying to branch out um, with his with his acting ability. Um, I. I liked him in this film. I I did too. I just feel I don't know, I, I felt the I felt a I felt his performance was very subdued. Now maybe it's supposed to be because of the character, not supposed to draw attention to yourself. 
but I felt like that's kind of what I was. Yeah, that's why I I, his, I took it as that yeah. as the portrayal. Because otherwise, his character was was very emotionless almost. But I think maybe it was supposed to be. I think he had to be almost like the backbone, especially when it's just the two of them. Yeah. Um, we have a, a kind of a newcomer um, in Ryan. What was her name? Ryan Kira Armstrong. Right. Yeah. Ryan, Ryan Kira, Kira Armstrong. Armstrong I so think she, she, was, she, she plays was little, Charlie. She was the little girl, Charlie, uh, who takes over for Drew Barrymore, who played this role uh, very early on in her career back in 1984. Now, was that pre or post ET? Post ET. By I think it was, I think ET was like her her real big breakout. Big breakout I think, role. I think ET was ET. ET was probably 82. I think. I think you're correct. I think it was 82. So two years later. So I think this was probably her next film, most likely, that she did. Yeah, it could be. Now, and a completely different role As it turns her. out, I've never seen the original Firestarter with Drew Barrymore. Which I'm still shocked when you tell me that because I know you're a big Stephen King fan. Yeah, and I've seen most of the films. Um, I've read the book. I read mm-hmm. the book actually quite a long time ago. I have the hardcover at home. I, I have not read the book. Quite a long, I read it quite a long time ago. It's not one of my favorite early Stephen King books and uh, to me the early Stephen King books are the best basically the stuff he did from like the late uh, middle 70s starting with Carrie going into for a good 15 years you know you, have, you know books like The Shining uh, and Salem's Lot and, mm-hmm. um, The Stand uh, and Christine and Firestarters in there too and a lot of those books I really really like um, and I found and Firestarter was okay. There's nothing wrong yeah, with it. Yeah. It's not one of my favorite Stephen King books, but I didn't dislike it. But uh, I never read it again. Um, so it's been a while. Um, and for some reason, never so now, Chris knows that I hate movies from the 80s. But as it turns <laughs> out, I have seen more movies from the 80s than any other decade because of how old I was at right. that time. You know, I was, I don't know, I was in my teen, I was a teenager. Yeah. Um, going into my 20s all the way into the 80s and so I saw a lot of movies in the 80s and I regret seeing a lot of them but that's the way it goes <laughs> but you know, I, you know so it's, it, it's actually odd sometimes when you know there's a movie from the 80s that's well known that I haven't seen because I've seen so many but it's like you know at the end of the day you can't see every movie no it's, it's this, impossible there's too know, many there's too you know, many like, films so for example we're going to see Top Gun Maverick That's soon and I've right. never I've never seen Top Gun and I told him we are going go to sit figure. down and I'm going to force him to watch this movie before we go because he has to watch the original right you know then I get these people that go to me like oh you've never seen Top Gun you know it's like you know you what do you know about movies and I'm like you know what I've seen about a hundred movies that are must sees that you've never even well, heard of. I, don't even I, tell me. I don't that, think Top know, Gun's a. I don't know if it's a must see. You know what? It, it's you know what. But before you seeing the it's second one, it's not that it's a must see, but it's it's one of those movies. It's a pop it, culture it, it, film, it, it, right? It's a pop culture film. It's well known. It's very referenced. It's one of those things that you need to see just to be able. You know, when somebody mentions it at a conversation at a party, like you, you can it. follow along with the conversation. Or if somebody makes a reference to it, Look, if you they never, get it. If they didn't make a sequel, if you went the rest of your life without seeing Top Gun, are you going to be okay? Yeah, but was yeah, there a Top Gun 2? This is Top Gun 2. No, but there wasn't a Top Before? Gun 2 in the 80s or anything like that? I don't think so. Okay, I think I'm probably thinking of some other series that had a multiple... 
There was after Top Gun came out, there were a couple oh, wasn't of films there a, that wasn't were. Wasn't there like Iron Eagle? Yes, those oh, are the ones I, that you're thinking of. Okay, yeah. I'm thinking of Iron Eagle because there were multiple films after Top Gun came out yeah. that were based around like the Air Force and and you okay. know, fighter jets. Well, yeah, I mean, see, that's the thing. You know, if this movie was, you know, it was well received, it was well known. And mm-hmm. to a certain degree, it was it was imitated. It had a cult following, and, yeah. I, and I think it's just. I and, it's, and it was a popular film. Like no one's was. gonna. I'm sure it's not like a four star classic. I'm sure it wasn't up for best picture. No, or anything like that. no. But listen, it's a fun film. It's to a fun sit movie, through. and it, and you know if you, you know if you want to make a list of must see Tom Cruise films, that's not it. I'm sure that's. In yeah. the in the top five. Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, like I'm sure it is. You know, between that and like and um, what's the one where he slides well, on the floor? Oh, risky business. Risky business. You yeah. know, like you know, like the, you know, these are Tom Cruise. Oh, his early films are definitely like Jerry Maguire. You know, whatever. Days of but, Thunder. Like these you know. are. You know, it's just one of those things. It's just you know what. I, so so I, I am gonna watch. Top Gun. Yeah, eventually you will. But <laughs> Definitely it, before the movie, which is coming out soon. Which, when we review that one, I'm sure we'll have a nice, uh, lengthy conversation about all this. So, now Chris has seen the original Firestarter movie. I haven't didn't seen read it. Didn't read the book. No, never read I've the read book. the book, didn't see the original, don't remember the book because I read it, you know, 30 years ago. And we both saw the sequel. And we both saw the sequel. Oh, no, I'm sorry, well, well the remake. Well, we both say. saw the reboot. But I you know I I was talking to John because when we saw the movie when we were walking out I was really trying to remember and rack my brain because I have not seen the original film in quite some time I knew they were different in, in a in a bunch of different in a few ways of how some of the scenes were really set up but the basic plot line was was still there it was still very similar to the original um, and it just so happens that the original 1984 right now is on Peacock and you can actually stream it for free. Do I have Peacock? Uh, Peacock's a it's a free one. It's like a it's a the NBC Universal um, streaming service. If I pull up my smart TV menu, it's going to show up somewhere. Uh, Peacock would be on there. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I'll have to check that out. And that was the one nice thing is that just just last night before I didn't even realize that we were going to do the review tonight because we just saw the movie Thursday night. Yeah. Um, that we were going to do the review, so I was like, oh, you know what? let me just go back and re-watch some of this really quick. And I ended up watching all of it. It's not. I mean, it's just it's under two hours, but it's a it's a quick it's a quick watch, and I remembered actually a lot as I'm going through the film mm-hmm. and how it all starts off. But it's weird. So like in the in the new one, you get a lot of scenes with the mom towards the beginning of the film, and like how like the family starts to really develop, mm-hmm. uh, and how they really worry a lot about Charlie and her developing abilities. In this one, the new one, and the new one, and the in the in the 2022 one. Mm-hmm. But in the 1984 one, you actually start with. Andy, the father, and Charlie on the run. Oh, and okay. The mom is basically who who's played by Heather Locklear. Uh, is just it's all it's all flashbacks. Flashback. Okay. You know. Interesting. And um, oh, I like that. You 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 know it's yeah it's just funny how like the scenes were all set up. I mean, like I said, very similar plots for both films, but definitely executed differently. Um, now but, this is a this is a Bloom Bloomhouse. Now this film? is a Blumhouse, Blumhouse production. Film. Blumhouse so Blumhouse film. has definitely become the the big I if you want to say like horror, horror genre horror studio. Studio, yeah. I mean most you know, you if know. you're a horror film nowadays, you're going to Blumhouse. Uh, you know, and, and that's and I actually I actually kind of like that because it, that, to me that's very reminiscent of what um, Universal Studios was back in the 30s 
when they all were, the monster when movies. they were producing all the monster movies like that became like their thing mm-hmm. you know this is like you know Bloom, Blumhouse and I have no problem with that because I think Blumhouse all these horror movies because you know if good. not if not for them maybe they're you know maybe they don't get released yeah so I so we're actually hoping we were actually talking about it. we were thinking that maybe you know you know if you know if Blumhouse Blumhouse keeps making these movies like you yeah. know they they'll eventually you know you know you can you can mine Stephen King for a lot of of whether uh, movies yes. you know books that have not been adapted at all which there probably aren't that many early ones but some later ones for sure but um but I feel like you're you going to see some remakes you can do, you, you know it, it's it's time for some remakes you know do you go back and you know you could go back and you can redo Christine do we get a, a another attempt at Carrie yeah a better attempt at Carrie well, um, well I always said you know Warner you know, Brothers did one day someone's going to have the balls to make a movie version of Carrie that is that is faithful to the book yeah. in terms of storyline and presentation. Do we get another try like nobody, at... Nobody has done that yet. Do we get another try at The Shining that's yeah. more true to the book and yeah. not what Stanley Kubrick did? Now, again, Stanley Kubrick's film is a... Classic. Is a classic, like, highly uh, critically acclaimed, lovable film for most people. Oh, one people. of the best horror films ever made. You know, so do you but, attempt to remake it? But it's not like the book. It, no, it definitely is definitely has departures from the book. And, and, and Kubrick had no intention of... Making right. an accurate and so do you, do you try to do that? Which would, which really would probably make a remake of it different than the original yeah. film. Now they did, you know, some, you know, they I think they did like a TV version remake of The Shining that was supposed yes, to be they more, did. yes, they did, yes, they did, be more accurate. But you know, I'll be honest with you, a lot of the TV movie adaptations fall a little flat. And which we talked about those earlier today, like they did the Tommy Knockers. Yeah, they just don't work as well. I think Salem's I think, Lot I think because was another of, one, wasn't it? Well, Salem's Lot. Is, or was that also theatrical? No, that was that was TV. That was TV. Also. That's that might be the only one that re, is really good, and very you, well. Did you like the it, the the Stephen King's it the miniseries? The mini yeah on miniseries. TV? No, not really. Back in the day, yeah, no, no. but uh, you know what you know what it was the. Um, the Salem's Lot is probably the earliest TV adaptation of, of Stephen King's because and it was it was done in the in the late seventies, yeah, um, and I think that was to its benefit because you know they just they did they did movies better in the seventies even TV movies they did better in the seventies. But I would really think that you're right about that. I would think that if if Blumhouse was smart, if they wanted to kind of push, mm-hmm. keep they could mine Stephen King. Oh my goodness! And get. You know, a dozen or so films. Of oh, his sure. And Christine, I think, has only been done once. Yeah, period. Christine would be a really good remake nowadays. Mm-hmm. If you could, I mean, redoing Cujo. Well, Cujo's been done, has been redone in the last. Uh, when was the last Cujo done? I want to say. It's I mean, the original was what? Original. That was 80s. That was the early 80s, 80s, right? But I know there's a newer version of Cujo out. But again, a lot of these, right. a lot of these newer, you know, you know, a lot of these newer versions are, you know, I don't want to say they're low budget, but they're just low, low production value. Mm. Even if they were movie releases, like they weren't in, they weren't in the movies for that long. You see them show up on cable all the time. It was well received, but yeah. Warner, Warner Brothers did did yeah. those, not it, Blumhouse. Right, and it was well received, and it was, you know, you know, they made a big, they made a big deal about it. They yeah. put a lot into it. In fact, they spread it out over two movies. Mm-hmm. You know, you can, you know. Stephen King is worthy of a major movie adaptation production of give a big budget film. You know, you, there's 
you know, there really is, there really, you know, it's 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 worth you know, the, the 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 material yeah. is just so good, especially you know, it, the, especially his early classics. And if you're wondering why we're talking so much about these other projects and so far, and and not so much about Firestarter, this film is not a long movie. This this film was yeah. was just over an hour and a half, hour and forty minutes maybe. Right, and that was with the at credits, most, I at think. Most, yeah, you know, so this this wasn't a long film. It was kind of short, and I, I don't know, I, I feel that I feel like it probably, it's weird though, because he the film was short, and I felt I did feel that the movie was actually very slow. It had a lot of. I think the space. middle. I think the middle dragged. I think when they got to um, the guy's house that. That picked him up, mm-hmm. right? That picked them up on the road. Yeah, I felt like it was like really slow. That was a long scene for no good reason. Along the way, you it know, it dragged you know, it a little it bit. It didn't really do anything to progress the story. Uh, I, yeah, I definitely felt the movie had a lot of dead spots. And this, and I, you know, we were talking about the well, what was the director's name? Keith Thomas. Keith Thomas apparently hasn't directed a whole lot of films, and I'll be honest with you, nothing I, that I saw. In I think it shows. Like I, I'll be, I, I don't think the movie was that well made because it was it was slow and there was a lot of dead space and there was you know a lot of not a lot of heavy emotion coming from a lot of the characters and it I, I felt like what was in the background was just very bland like everything just kind okay. of everything just kind of faded away it didn't have like you know you know really outstanding or deep you know detailed set designs or anything yeah. like that everything was very basic by the book studio the two, lot like like a uh, what do you call it well especially like set well especially once set, they got to the, the facility once they got to the facility it felt like that completely yeah like when they were out in the country area i don't know there's something about i mean obviously the, a lot of that was filmed on location um the the two main characters both um Zac Efron's character and also um, Brian, the two of them, I, I enjoyed their performances. Like, I definitely thought they did a really mm-hmm. good job for the most part, especially, I mean, a, a young a young actress uh, like Ryan. And I've, I've said this before, I, I think... Was it this, Ryan, R-Y-A-N or R-I-A-N? It was R-Y-A-N. Okay. So that's spell. Um, I, I think... I've said this before that I think child actors nowadays are just so much better than what they were, at least when I was growing up. And uh, and she, I thought, did a, a really good job. Um, you know, the one thing that we were... Yeah, I thought she was good. The, the one thing that we were discussing in the film is that, and the one thing I couldn't remember from the, the 84 film, is that does her, her character in this film has multiple abilities. It's not just pyrokinesis. Yeah. You know, so uh, the the father has uh, the, almost like a telepathy telepathy to like influence people, right? So they call it a push to be able to like push and people. And the mother, she almost had like a telekinesis, right? I thought she was almost like psychic, so a little psychic, but she definitely had telekinetic. Oh abilities. yeah, 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 yeah. No, she was able to move. She was able yeah. to move things. Yeah, but she but she also was a little psychic too, and it, it definitely seems that um, Charlie picks up. Or inherits a little bit about a little bit of the mother's abilities as well as her own. I don't think she's able to push people though, right? No, I don't think she had that ability. But she definitely had a little bit more of. A, if she tried to, it was very, very little and subtle. Yeah, I didn't. I don't remember seeing that. 
but um, you know she, Charlie does have more than just a pyro connects, and I and I couldn't remember if the if, if Drew Barrymore's Charlie had that in the first film or in the 1984 film, but she actually does. When I went back and saw it, I she does have a little bit of that psychic ability, so um, that does ring true in in both films. I I found that when the mother dies, which is relatively early in the film, mm -hmm. uh, I found the emotional response of the husband and 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 the daughter to be underwhelming. You know, like, yeah. it was like collateral damage. Well, is it just like... like oh, we got to go, we got to leave her. And then we're off, and we're, we're on our way. Uh, yeah, it didn't... I, I feel like, like you didn't... There wasn't a chance for them to, like, really grieve. Like, they weren't showing any type of, like, grief. But they, but even when they were presented with her death, it was like, it didn't have, like... Well, it didn't hit. It didn't have, like, have, like the impact mm -hmm. that you were expecting it to have. And it should have. It sh right, it should have. And, and to me... Like, I'm, to see... You all, like, would have been more realistic at that point because Charlie's so emotional and she can't control her abilities right. to just have a big outburst yeah. that would set the place ablaze or something mm -hmm. that would have completely like rocked where she was because she just she, she was so emotionally overwhelmed yeah. that she blew up um, that would have been I think more appropriate and at least then you would have seen like the real emotion like coming out yeah and that and I and and you didn't get that. That's what I felt like. I felt like so so many emotions in the film were very subdued. Mm -hmm. But then you know again, you know they even talk about how um, in the movie how they raised how they were you know they, they're trying they're trying to bottle up yeah. they were trying to bottle up their powers they're trying to um, uh, Ryan's Charlie's powers they you know, like bottle her up and don't don't get excited you know so yep. so there is a little bit of like. What, I want to say imposed self-control on yes. their part. So maybe that... Which is what they were trying to Maybe I mean, that lends to it. To, possibly. So, I mean, maybe that... But it's still, like, even still, like, that you would still expect that, like, that to be the bursting bubble. Right. Like, you've held back... You've been, you've been holding back your whole life, and then this is what's going to push you over the But edge. they save that to the end. Yeah. Like, they save it really for the ending when... Mm -hmm. With her father. And... Yeah. It's interesting because her... her Andy doesn't die that way in the first film. Oh, okay. I'm curious. Okay, so he definitely... It's definitely a different scenario. Like, I actually was not expecting... Yeah, and I actually enjoyed that scene because I thought that was, like, a really good turn the table, screw you. Because ultimately, yeah. basically, the father... Everybody everybody in the facility has these special... I think, you know, like... Uh, what do you call it? Like, um, contact lenses on right. that blocks... That blocks Andy's blocks his ability his to, ability to push them. To push them. Um, so he uses his ability to push to make Charlie set himself and the girl who's in charge of the whole operation mm -hmm. on fire. And it's like you know, it's like a self effect because he knows that you know he's stuck there and they're you know they don't really care about him too much and they're either right. They want her. They want they to want study her. her. They're either and they're going to either kill him or lock him away somewhere and throw away the key. And yeah. he doesn't want them to have her, so he's willing to give up his life. And it's actually a pretty intense moment. Yeah. When, because I wasn't expecting that. Because even when the um, the girl in charge realized what's going on, she's like, "It's too late." She's like, "Oh shit!" Didn't think that was going to happen. Yeah. They didn't make any, you know, any um, 
There was no hint that that was going to occur. Yeah, like they, did, they didn't plan for that possibility. No, no, not at all. You know? and, to, and she got fried. Now, there was one part in the movie which I thought was, but I guess they had to have this, is um, where um, she gets scratched by a cat. Oh, yeah. And she reacts to that and, like, burns this cat. But the cat's not dead. Mm-hmm. It's, like, it's like half alive in a lot of pain you know, third degree burns and all that stuff. It's singed and everything. And it's like, you know, they, you know, tells her to put him out of his movie. But it was a really like, you know, I don't know, that's a tough scene. That's a tough yeah. scene. You no, know? If you're an animal lover, like, and you see that, like, you almost like, because you see the cat at one point pictured. Yeah. And you're like, he's, you he's, feel for the cat. You know, he's, a, he's just a poor outside cat, whatever. He's not, <laughs> you know, he's not a maniac cat, you know, and all of a sudden he gets fried. But there's a, there's a scene in the trailer that is not in the movie. In the yeah. scene in the trailer, she's she's out in the woods, and it's almost like she's trying to train herself because at this point, her father's been captured, mm-hmm. and she's training and she's trying to control her abilities. And you see in the trailer that she's looking up at this bird, and she basically like, fries the bird so that it bursts. Yeah, and that's not in that's the film. Not that's in cut. The, that's yeah. That was a, that was a little that was a little weird, but it's like you know, it's like it it was a little weird like how they were doing these things where like. It seems like the family's been on the run for years, and they keep going from place to place. But they don't—they don't have like any sort of escape plan in place. Like they just like they left, you know, with what they had in a truck, and now they're just on the road hitchhiking and whatever. But and because they, it's so, they have no money. But you know what's different? Because this takes place in present day, it's hard because there's the technology to track people. That's yeah. why they can't have cell phones. Oh, you know, like in the, in, the, in the beginning of the, you know, while they're in while they're still a family and Charlie's going to school, you know, the kid's going to make fun of her because, like, they're, the teacher is like, you know, it's okay if you have some screen time. A couple minutes of screen time a day is not going to, you know, kill you or, or you know, dr- you know uh, make your, your brain go mush. But th- they just don't get, like, the, the parents are trying not to be tracked because the two of them, yeah. I guess, were, because they were part of the experiments early on, they're trying to, I guess, find them. And they're yeah. still trying to stay off the grid. It's like you got these kids at the school that, you know, like treat her almost like she's Amish or whatever. And, right. And you got some you know, some bullies there. And, like, you know, you know I, I really hate bullies in schools. I really hate yeah. them. You know, so, like, you know, the scenes where the kids are, like, picking on her, like, I don't want Charlie to fry them and burst them into flames, but I want to, like, you know, get up and just, you know, punch them in the just nose. Just teach them a lesson. Yeah, teach them a lesson. Like, yeah. you know what? Screw you. Like, you know what? I don't got to put up with that. Well, like, when those kids were on the bike, like circling her, right? In that one yeah. scene. And you, yeah, a bunch like, of punks. Right. And just like, oh, like tell me she's going to fry them. <laughs> yeah, like, she, she, she should have at least burnt all their wheels on their burnt bikes. The, burnt the bikes. <laughs> that actually would have been great, actually. Yeah. I would have I enjoyed that. There's one line from the movie that they, they play up in the trailer all the time. And I, and I think it's a little bit corny. When, um, I think I know which one this is. She's like, you know, she's talking to somebody in, in the facility, and 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 she she says liar, liar, pants mm-hmm. on fire, and sets and sets on fire. And like, you know what? Like, I could see where, like, you know, in the script room, like, like, oh, that's we a, can use this line. This, this, this will be a great line. Liar, liar, pants on fire. And you know what? And, and <laughs> I, to me, I don't think it hits because it's just it's just corny. You know, unless she like. Did a lot of those type of corny things, and then it would be like a trend. Like, okay, this is what she does. Right. You know, you know, she's almost like a Peter Parker. She like, you know, <laughs> she like, t- she has like wisecracks. Yeah, she's she, a wise ass when yeah. she's like, right. <laughs> when she's burning people. But to just have like that literally is almost like the standalone moment, and it, it, it to me it to me it falls flat. 
I think if it wasn't in the trailer where you saw it every single time and you actually saw it in the movie, you might actually crack a smile at it more. But like when she says it, you're like, all right, got yeah, that out of the whatever. way. Yeah. Like it, it, yeah, no, it does. I agree with you. Kind like, of that's what that was a little corny. But when she does, the, see, and in the trailer, they show her like really let loose, like when she's like screaming. Yeah. Like that's like, and to me, that's like the biggest let loose moment in the film. And it's in the trailer. And it's just like. Yeah, like you see you know, it. Like it would be different if it was like, there were other moments like yeah. that. And, and she's like, one. she's burning people with like fire, like retardant suits on. Yeah. You know, and she's like burning them from the inside. Like mm-hmm. it's, no, it's, I mean, it's scary. That's like, you know, that's an ability that is, is very powerful. Um, and Kurt, um, oh, what's his name? Kurt something Smith, the guy from that 70s show. He's in this in the beginning. He was the scientist that like created Lot Six, created the serum. Oh, oh, oh the old guy at the, yeah. at the home. Yeah. Okay. So he says a line in this that's also repeated in the 1984 film, and it's basically about Charlie's power and like that it's only in its infant stage at this point yeah. in time with what she's got, and they really don't know how powerful she could become. Right. Like, could she just? set fires for the rest of her life with the control of her mind or could she become so powerful that she actually can create a nuclear explosion yeah and they and and this one of the reasons again why like the the people at this facility want to study her to see like how like her her, the almost like the limits if there are any of her her power yeah and you know and the and the, the guy in charge well, the guy that used to be in charge, you know, he's, you know, basically calling the girl. You know, the woman who's now in charge of the operation comes to talk to him. And he's just basically like, you know what? You're full of shit. Yeah. Like, you want you, you want you to, just want to study her. You want to study her. You want to use her you own weapon. You want to weapon. exploit her. Mm-hmm. You want to weaponize her. You know, you're not doing this because it's in, it's in her best interest. Right. You know, you're doing it, you know, you know, almost like, you know, an emotionless military like decision there's, there's a moment definitely where he i don't know if you want to say like resents what he did but he realizes almost like what they did well it's kind but, of screwy but he comes off as like like take the girl out he's not talking about like saving the girl no he's he says kill her. he says to kill her he says if you like the best thing that you could do would be to kill her because she's gonna kill all of you Oh, I don't even think it was. I don't even think it was that. I think it was just about like being afraid, fearing, afraid of, of what's going to happen, what she could do. Yeah, because ultimately, this whole experiment was really crazy. They just make it sound like you know they were on a college campus. They got a bunch of college kids yeah. to get in some set, and type of study. Basically, injected them with like this like psychedelic yeah mix. You know, injected yeah. and you know now in it's given them powers and all this stuff, and it's just like mm-hmm. you know what, like that's crazy, like totally like. You know, whatever they did was illegal. But there's stories about like how experiments on this was like were done back in like the 50s and 60s. So like, yeah. I mean, that's I think that was kind of the reasons why like Stephen King wrote about this when he did make Firestarter because mm-hmm. like you know the parents in the 1984 film it's almost like they're uh, like they're almost like hippies almost. Yeah. You know when they do that, so it made sense. Yeah, it's it's it, and it definitely is a, a slight. It's like a variation of the Carrie theme because Carrie is was telekinetic, but she was, I think, born with her powers. She wasn't part of an experiment. Whereas this is like. But Charlie was. But Charlie was born because well, Charlie, of. Well, Charlie was born from parents who, who be, were who given. Were yes. Given. Yeah. 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 
So it's, it's, so it's, it's a slightly different scenario. But you can definitely see like the similar themes for, for sure. Mm -hmm. But I think one of the most shocking things to me was the, the ending of what happens to Charlie, right? Because well, she, she basically destroys the she whole just destroys the facility and gets and out. She leaves. But which was to me was to, to me was actually um, a little reminiscent of uh, when when Carrie in when the Carrie oh, the leaves, high school. when she leaves the high school in yeah. flames. You know, she's just you know leaving all the carnage behind her. Mm -hmm. she, she exacted her revenge. Yeah, I know. You definitely, it definitely see that. Definitely reminded me of that. And then she's like hanging out on the beach, and the guy who was basically tasked with getting her. In fact, even earlier in, saved her. Captured her father. Yeah, well, he uh, yeah, also, like, yeah, like, well, he, yeah. He killed her mother. Killed her mother, captured, captured the, father. the father. You know, it was basically, you know, hired gun for this group. Yeah. Um, pulled, but they pulled him out of retirement to do this job. Um, but to me, it was obvious that he had some powers. Yes. He definitely, because he was definitely, like, able to, he was resilient against whatever was thrown against him. So there was something going on there for sure. So he's probably from that experiment as well. Um, but then at some point, like, he, like, rebels and yeah. saves Charlie in the facility. Well, he talks about a line, he, it, it, like, where he relates to her, mm -hmm. right? I at think some it's point, almost like he's in awe of her. Like, he's I, like, like I, you, you'll know what I'm saying when you finally meet when, her. Yeah, but like, he, he talks about, he, he says something, he says something in the film, and maybe you remember this better than me, um... Knowing like what she's going through now, and it's like he knows that they're going to exploit her mm -hmm. because of what's been done to him. Yeah. So, I think that's where he just comes to the realization, like why he just is like, you know what, forget this, and he ends up saving her. But what's weird, like he he carries her in the end, right? Doesn't he pick her up? Yeah. And he starts walking down the beach. Yeah. And that's basically the end. That's the end. And I'm sitting there going like. Is this the end of the movie? Yeah, and I'm like, wow, this is the end, and I and I'm like, and this is well into two hours. I'm just not. I yeah. just wasn't satisfied. Yeah, with the ending, you know, I just really wasn't. Like, and you know, it her... makes it makes me wonder what what the the end, how the book ends. I, I, I want to go back and see how the almost book like ends. see how it see, ends. see yeah. what, what you know what what the ending is because it's almost like an open ended ending. Like she's she's alive and now she's with yes. this guy. What are they gonna do? But also too the fact that like she knows that he is responsible for killing her mother yeah but i think he's okay she's okay with that because he redeemed himself because it was you know the guys in the in the flame retardant suits were gonna get her and yeah. he shot them all yeah he protected her you know he 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 saved her and basically laid himself in front of her you know for basically you know do with me what you will right and she didn't and she didn't kill him yeah you know she she showed restraint you know and then he went out and now they're together. You know they're gonna. I don't know. What they, I don't know what they're gonna do. They're gonna change the I, world. I, yeah, I have no idea. I, I don't what know. are they doing? I don't know at all. And I certainly don't think they're making a sequel to this. I just think it was. I, I would like to know what the ending is because I've seen the ending to the 1984. That's what I was gonna film. say. How does the 84 film? End? It's different. Do you want me to tell you how yes, it ends? Yes, you can tell me how it ends. So, I've read the book, so it's okay. So that the the couple, so the guy that picks them up mm -hmm. in the truck. In, in the 1984 film, mm -hmm. and they go back to their house and they eat and everything. The wife is not 
like disabled. paraplegic disabled okay. in, in in that film. Like so, it's like the two of them, this couple, take them in. The husband realizes that the guy, the father Andy, is lying, and then he starts to tell them the whole story about it, and the guy doesn't believe them. But then the 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 agency comes to take them, mm-hmm. and they and the, the two couple the couple starts to see what they can do. And then he's like, "You're, you're obviously, you know, always like, holy crap! You're telling me the truth. This is real." Yeah. So at the end of the movie, she basically takes everybody out at the they call they call it the shop. The in shop. This. Okay. Okay. So she basically just all hell breaks loose. Screw everybody. She walks away, and the very end of the film, I don't know how this happens, but she ends up back on their doorstep. The fa- oh, okay. She ends up back on the family doorstep. Okay. And the two of them looks like that they're going to raise her and take care of her. You know what? That's... And that's a... I'm okay with that. Then. Yes. Yeah. Like, where else is she going to go? Right. Like, she doesn't know anybody else. Yeah. Right. And, like, that's where, like, in this film, like, it's it's odd because, like, I, I guess because they have that... They both have, like, abilities. They've both been, mm-hmm. you know, exploited. exploited. You know, it, it's like... And like you said, because he, you know, maybe has redeemed himself in her eyes, that he's going to raise her, and it's just a very, I just, I, don't, I just wasn't, I wasn't satisfied with the ending. Mm-hmm. That's that's all I can say. Just something about it when it ended, when the credits rolled, and I'm like, that's it. That's all we're getting, you know. So, just I wanted something more, but that is what it is. So. So one thing I was just thinking about is, you know, the, the, the father who's got, like, the ability to push, he becomes, like, this, like, self-help guru guy that charges yes. $100 a session and, like... Well worth it. And he does this stuff. But you, you do get the feeling that, that they're really hard up for money. Yes. It makes you wonder why, you know, in, you know and, and he knows that doing the push is taking a toll on him. So he's doing the push... Every time he does a push, he's getting a hundred bucks, as opposed to you know why not just go to a bank and push the teller and get you know five thousand dollars. You know, but at least this way he's helping people. He's and helping it, people. And it's, it's a legit. Yeah, business. like I mean, it's like you know, it, he's not stealing he's the not money. Not stealing, but it's like you know, he could steal the money without getting without anybody getting hurt, and I think it's like. I, to, to me, if it was me, I would justify it because I didn't ask for this curse. But if I keep using it, it's going to hurt me. So, you know, if I'm going to use it, i gotta, I got to make it worth my while. <laughs> you know, I think I would, you know, I think I'd rather do that one push and get five grand from the bank than do, you know, 500 pushes to get that same 5,000. <laughs> You know, like you know, that's pretty funny. You know, it's gotta hurt. You know, you you just gotta sit and say sorry. I feel bad. You know, I'll make it up some other way. <laughs> so I mean, overall, it was okay. Yeah. Yeah. The like, movie, to me, the right. movie was just okay. I felt like it was it was lacking in a lot of depth and a lot of detail and commotion I had a, and emotion. I had a good start. The middle of the film to me was just extremely slow. Um, her taking out the facility, I thought was good. It was nice, like good visuals mm-hmm. to see. But and then the ending, you lost me. 
Yeah, I th- I thought the movie was very routine and very lackadaisical and and you know and to me like a really like an amateur effort like you know somebody like you know coming right out of film school and doing doing their first major film you know they're just they're just able to do it but they're not right. able to do anything imaginative or great with it and to me there was nothing really imaginative or great with this movie not to say that I didn't enjoy it you know it was okay no. because it was a good story. Like I liked I liked the story, but I just felt like in someone else's hands with the it could have been executed the, better. Yeah, with a little bit more, you know, you know, better cinematography and some better mm-hmm, set design, mm-hmm. maybe maybe even a better script, and some you know more you know pushing the actors for more emotion. I think it could have. Uh, I think it could have been. A, I think it could have been a better movie. Yeah, I don't disagree, but. That's what we got. That's what we got. And, you know, it's, I, I think, you know, I I think we are going to start seeing more Stephen King adaptations, mainly because of the success of it. And I think this I don't is, disagree with you. I think, I think this, this is, is another way I think going. this is like the beginning. I don't know someone's who Someone's going to sit there and say and go, you know, oh, we could do some other movie, maybe and, make a lot of money. And I don't know how it works. Like, I don't know if did Blumhouse buy the rights to Stephen King's works did they or buy just, certain amount of works does how much does warner brothers own of stephen king's works mm-hmm. because they you know was it just it was it you know was it certain titles that they're that they're purchasing the rights to yeah or are they buying the rights to his whole catalog i don't know i don't know how it works so i don't know what we're going to get but i don't think this is going to i mean obviously it's not going to be the end because stephen king's been doing so much for years um not only that hbo did adapt the outsider which was Stephen King. Oh, okay. As well. Which, I saw is, which is more recent Stephen King. Okay. So Warner Brothers definitely has... That was like a miniseries. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, which, which was good. Yeah. Uh, and I think... It, it seems to me that Warner Brothers definitely owns some of the catalog titles. You sure that's Stephen King? The Outsider? The Outsider? You know, it's really I funny because... It was. Because when, when, when I first started watching The Outsider... I thought it was an adaptation of The Dark Half, which was a Stephen King novel. And then I'm like, oh, it's not The Dark Half, but it's kind of like it a little bit. It, it had some similarities, but then, you know, yeah. went in a different direction. But I was like, oh. And I'm like, oh, okay, it's not The Dark Half. I'm pretty sure it's King. I mean, I'll check after this. I'm pretty sure that it is. Okay. Um, but I just, yeah, I would like to see more Stephen King adaptations in a theatrical release. Yeah, Absolutely. me too. Yeah, me too, for you sure. Know, hopefully in the next couple of years we do get more. But I think, guys, with that, with that, I think, I we're, think done. we're going to be done. Next film we see most oh likely goodness. will be Top this Gun. This is Maverick. this is the most beer. Oh, and I'm I've surprised. ever had in my glass while fin- at the end of an episode. That's true. Nothing's even That's come close. True. I don't know Everybody referenced this video because this this, this doesn't is, happen. This is like this is like an like a bad Guinness record. Well, you're not gonna you're not gonna chug that right now. So. I'm not gonna chug it, but I'm gonna have to. <laughs> I'm going to have to do a little better than what I have. So, ladies and gents, thank you guys so much again for watching and listening. We uh, we always appreciate your guys' support. Uh, with that, episode 55, the double nickel, is in the books. Yep. So, cheers, guys. Take cheers. care. Be See safe you out next there. time. Go see some movies.